talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You're with the Aussie Cossack on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Here we go. Here we go. Back with the Saturday Night Live show. Uh, broadcasting from Sydney, from the Russian consulate. It's a very, very hot evening tonight. Uh, but as I said earlier, we're going to have some more hot content uh, coming up. The lines are open on one 370 Give me a call and have your say. I promise to not uh, censor whatever you have to say. The only way you can be censored is, is if one of the platforms which we are uh, broadcasting to censors you. And speaking of platforms, you can watch us now on YouTube, uh, on Rumble, on Twitter, and TNT radio.live directly from the website you can also download the app from the google play store or the i i what is it called the apple store because i'm not really an apple sort of guy i'm into uh sort of samsung's my wife likes the apple uh but i don't even know how to use it to be quite honest never really uh got into the apple didn't trust them because it's an american brand isn't it and you know i have a uh, healthy distrust to anything that comes from the americans let me know, do you trust the Americans or do you trust technology from uh, Japan, China or Korea? There are going to be quite a lot of uh, comments read out tonight, so you can leave your comments uh, on the air. Big shout out to Shane O'Brien, who's watching via YouTube. Uh want to give a shout out to a few others, uh, on a few of our regulars who are watching. Uh, and, you know, if you haven't called up before, give us a call. It's not too daunting. And when I used to Always liked to ring up the radio stations when I was younger. Uh, I used to call Mike McLaren on 2GB late at night. And when I was very young, I used to call Stan Zamanik back in the day. I uh, listened to him uh, after 9pm. My parents bought me a little clock radio when I was in uh, year three at school. So I found that very entertaining, listening to late night talk back. And here we are uh, broadcasting from, of all places, the Russian consulate. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think? What's the end inside? There are a few scenarios. How do we get out of the consulate without being arrested by the Australian Federal Police? Because this week they had brought in new laws, new laws about citizenship and how to revoke it. And I came, uh, you, may, you may think I'm paranoid, but I think that those laws were directed at me, to be quite honest. How those, those laws came about, officially the uh, reason for amending the citizenship uh, bill was these detainees that were released into the community. You would have heard about that story in Australia, causing a lot of controversy. 150 refugees released from immigration detention. Some of them had committed quite serious crimes. There was a lot of outrage in the media, in social media, uh, which led to the government urgently and the Home Affairs Minister, Claire O'Neill, g'day Claire, now you're listening, uh, having to draft some amendments uh, saying that uh, uh, people could have their Australian citizenship revoked for certain types of crimes. And of course, they uh, said terrorism. Terrorism is a terrible crime, and I agree it is, of course. I think anyone who's a terrorist should not be an Australian citizen. And they said, look, we're going to uh, uh, revoke citizenship of convicted terrorists. And everyone said, that's a great idea. No one opposed it. But then, but then, very sneakily, it was Senator James Patterson, my uh, longtime arch rival and arch nemesis. And the reason I say that, because he can't stop talking about me in the Senate. He's a... Uh, He's in charge of the Senate Committee on Foreign Influence and Foreign Interference. Uh, if you want to check out those videos, go go head over to Rumble, Aussie Kozak. Uh, there's literally videos of the Senator James Patterson sitting in the Senate 
saying that uh, Aussie Kazakh is causing foreign interference in Australia. And he's been going on about that for a, a long time. And it was actually him that this week, Senator Patterson, who made these proposals to add into the citizenship bill under the smokescreen of, well, let's tighten up the screws in this bill, let's tighten up the legislation so we can revoke the citizenship of terrorists. He said, let's also then revoke citizenship uh, for other serious crimes. What other serious crimes that are similar to terrorism? Well, the proposals were made to revoke the citizenship of Australians with dual citizenship, by the way. You can't lose your Australian citizenship if that's all you've got. So most, most of Australia is pretty safe. You're not going to lose your citizenship. But if you've got dual citizenship, which I do, because in October, Vladimir Putin himself, the Russian president, signed a presidential decree granting uh, Russian citizenship. I was very pleased with that. Thank you, Vladimir. Very kind of you. And now, of course, uh, I'm born in Australia, but now I've got two citizenships. I'm a dual citizen. And that puts me in the firing line for this new law, which was adopted or readopted. The amendment was made this week. And the amendment concerns uh, people charged with espionage, people charged and convicted of foreign interference. They wanted to also add in a few others, uh, but they didn't get it across. You know, people who call for genocide or people who are involved in genocide and people who call for harm or incite terrorism against Australians. It's funny. If that genocide factor got across the line, well, you'd have to uh, you'd have to convict and punish and revoke citizenship of some of our health ministers. You know, Brad Hazard, he's he's involved in genocide. Greg Hunt, he's involved in genocide. Anastasia Palaszczuk, uh, uh, Gladys Berejiklian, Dan Andrews. Tell me how they weren't involved in genocide when they were the ones involved in genocide. When we talk about inciting genocide, right? We can talk about those politicians in this country who support the regimes who are involved in genocide. I don't want to pick sides or take sides, but everyone knows which area of the world I'm talking about. It starts with the letter M uh, and ends with Middle East. And that's where the, this sort of proposal that they were trying to put through of inciting genocide is very, very broad term. So if you're a protester, let's say a pro-Palestinian protester, and you say something along the lines of uh, something nasty against the Israelis, or you're an Israeli protester, you say something nasty against the Palestinians, well, then you could potentially be charged with this new provision and then have your citizenship revoked. But that part didn't get across the line. What got across the line in the parliament this week was about foreign interference. Why is foreign interference such a big problem for the parliament that they had to rush this through in their last sitting for the year? This is the last sitting that they had. And they dedicated that last sitting to passing these new laws, the, amendment, the amendments made to the citizenship bill concerning foreign interference. Uh, I think, ladies and gentlemen, I think they're probably trying to get me for that. And uh, what can I say? If they take away my Australian citizenship, I still call Australia home, like the song goes, the lovely song that was uh, adopted by Qantas. Not not to say I'm a fan of Qantas, certainly no fan of Alan Joyce, but we're all, we're all sort of fans of Qantas from back in the day until Alan Joyce got in charge of Qantas. But it would be a real shame if they took away my Australian citizenship. But I can tell you right now on the air, if the Australian government takes away my Australian citizenship via some uh, dubious uh, scenario or combination of charging me with foreign interference, which would probably be quite easy to do, I would not be surprised if they try to charge me with that. Uh, because if it's you know looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, probably a duck. So, I mean, it's quite easy to allege the Aussie Cossack is involved in foreign interference. Look at him talking about Russia constantly. Look at him supporting Vladimir Putin 
look at him, you know, saying this or saying that or publishing this or it's quite easy. And the thing is with this legislation, the foreign interference legislation, it's so broad, it's so ambiguous uh, that it's a lot of it is about discretion. The government can exercise discretion. Basically, if they want you, they'll take you down. They want to arrest you for this and charge you. They will get you. And there's no, there's no fair process in this situation. What is foreign interference? Really, let's answer this question. And give me a call tonight, 1-800-670-310, if you think you know someone in the government who is involved in foreign interference. Because foreign interference, if the government was actually serious about foreign interference, we would identify the two main directions or the sources of foreign interference in Australia. And that is the Americans. You could also argue that the Israelis are very strong and influential in parliament with their lobby groups, right? Uh, as if they're not interfering or they're not into influencing in parliament. Can anyone in the government really put their hand on their heart and say that the Americans are not influencing Australia? The Americans are not interfering in Australian politics, Australian foreign policy, Australian defense policy. Is there anyone in the government who can actually look me in the eye and admit that? I would even make the argument that the Russians are probably the least likely to be involved in foreign interference in this country. The foreign interference is real. Yes, it's here. It's everywhere. But it's not from Aussie Cossack. It's from companies like Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca. They're all foreign companies. Look how they interfered in our lives. Uh, look how they interfered in the Australian way of life during the lockdowns, during the last few years. Uh, but on that topic, we've got a caller on the line. Uh, welcome to TNT Radio. It's Paul from Mornington. Paul, how are you? Yeah, Ray, Simeon. Good, thank you, mate. Paul, Very great good. to speak to you. Great to speak to you. You're a, you're a long-time uh, listener and viewer now that we're... Uh, broadcasting on video. What's happening? What's on your mind tonight? Well, Simeon, uh, it's very obvious that this, uh, these new laws, well, alleged laws they're bringing in are to target your citizenship, mate, because you're over the target. It's very obvious that they want you gone. Now, um, uh, how that how if that works that way i don't know but we'll just have to wait and see won't we mate well uh look i think i would not be surprised if they tried to take me down you know but let's just say for example if these laws uh these amendments to the uh, citizenship bill are there to uh directly uh target me and try to take away my australian citizenship the problem is <clears throat> according to the laws they still need to actually grab me put me before a court, uh, convict me, and then also sentence me. Because with these new amendments, only a judge can order your citizenship be stripped. That's the thing. Uh, while I'm in the Russian consulate, hold up here, that's not going to happen, is it? And uh, I think they're not going to have any prospects. I mean, I don't see the Australian uh, government sending in a uh, tactical team and storming the consulate and having a, you know, a shootout and a firefight with the Russian diplomats and the guards, because the Russians will defend this consulate, right? There are guards here. There are, you know, there's a very strong security system, and that would be a diplomatic scandal of epic international proportions, right? That would be something next level if they attempted to do that. So while I'm in the Simeon, Russian consulate, yeah, Simeon, there, there is no way in hell they're going to uh, tread on President Putin's toes, mate. Come on, there's no way. Uh, if they were going to do that, they would have done that by now. And uh, and uh, 
it's just not going to happen. I mean, who would upset <laughs> the, the grizzly bear? It'd be suicide. Well, look, I mean, it, it would send a very, very uh, dangerous signal because don't forget, Australia, there's a, the concept of diplomatic immunity or diplomatic protection. Sorry, uh, I withdraw that, not immunity. It's called diplomatic protection. So diplomatic asylum. Uh, that's what we're dealing with here. And Australia also is a country who tells the United Nations that it fully supports and stands by the rights of uh, people uh, seeking diplomatic protection, entering uh, foreign embassies or consulates. Uh, and Australia, on face value, respects those rights, which is which is a good thing, I believe. So Australia doesn't want to look like the bad guy who all of a sudden then says, no, 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 uh, we don't agree with uh, diplomatic uh, asylum. Because you never know when an Australian might need diplomatic asylum. Let's say you're an Australian, you're in, I don't know, North Korea or in some, you know, you're in China or somewhere else. And it has happened. It has happened. And Australia is a country that wants the rest of the world to think it's, you know, it's pretty fair and balanced. And the thing is, I entered the Russian consulate, Paul, on actually a very minor, you could say, uh, for a very minor reason. If you re rewind back to, yeah. You were actually assaulted, Simeon. Exactly. I'm glad you, you acknowledge that. Yes, you saw the footage, did you? Well, the footage doesn't lie. He lashed out at you. And uh, it's very simple. I mean, someone takes a swing at me, God help him. Yeah, look, if, if you're a first-time listener or viewer and you, you're wondering what we're talking about, it was the 14th of December, 2022, uh, almost a year ago. Uh, I was about to fly to Russia, had, a, had tickets booked, flights in the morning, and I was actually flying for uh, uh, the funeral of 40 days after the death of my compadre. Was, uh, I'm the godfather of the daughter of um, a priest who was killed in an American missile strike in the Kherson region, Father Michael Vasiliev. He was posthumously awarded Hero of the Russian Federation. And I was uh, given permission by a special uh, commission that was uh, convened uh, in Canberra. And that, and that uh, commission... Uh, was made up of quite serious, quite serious parties, I was told, uh, because I was still on parole at that time. So to leave the country, I needed special permission. And I was on parole, if we run back further, I was given a 10-month sentence merely for breaching a non-publication order. Right? On YouTube, I named a person who should not be named uh, because they were the subject of a suppression order. You can imagine who the suppression order is protecting this country. And if you're thinking that it's a pedophile, well, guess what? You're probably right. That's exactly what happened. A lot of people will say that that's a public service, so they should be named. All the courts didn't say it that way. I pled guilty. They gave me 10 months. Record, record sentence. No one has ever got a 10-month sentence because the maximum is 12 months. So they got they got me with a 10-month sentence. You know, John Laws, Ray Hadley, a lot of the uh, radio uh, announcers. In fact, there was one in Victoria. What was his name? You probably know this, Paul. You're from Victoria in Mornington. Uh, he became a senator. He was uh, famously uh, charged with the same offence, uh, uh, breaching a non-publication order. Uh, yeah, what was his name? Be, senator. That would be Darren Hunch. That's the one. Senator Darren uh, Darren Hinch, is it? Darren Hinch, I believe. His well, uh, last him, name is pronounced. We, we call him Darren Hunch down here. But <laughs> right. What's the, uh, what's the uh, origin of that uh, nickname, Hunch? Well, a Hunch is slang for a guest. 
Who? Well, uh, he, he sort of, uh, yeah, he sort of, he said a lot of things that he couldn't really back up. So it was sort of like a hunch. Uh, anyway, that's just a bit of a fair enough. Thing. Well, look, Darren, Darren, uh, Darren Hinch, Darren Hunch, he breached the suppression order. I think they gave him a bit of home detention or something, but he was just a few weeks. Ended up becoming a senator after that. Well, can um, I, can I, can I, uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, Darren Hinch um, based his whole political career on uh, exposing uh, pedophilia and uh, child rape. And and, uh, and I, I, I'd like to know why uh, he wasn't standing beside Senator Bill Heffernan in January 2015 when uh, Senator Bill Heffernan uh, uh, exposed 28 uh, alleged police-documented pedophiles, including a former Prime Minister. Now, where the hell was Darren Hinch? Why wasn't he standing bes- beside him in Parliament, uh, backing him up, seems that Darren based his whole political career on that? Is that a fair enough question or not? Mate, that's a fair enough question. It's the home of free speech. If you want to talk about the suppression orders and uh, Heffernan and so forth, I know a lot of our listeners and viewers will be very excited about that. And I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to shut you up. I'll uh, give you that platform uh, more than welcome to. Because, look, I'm sick and tired of all of these grubs hiding behind suppression orders. Like that uh, inspector of police who was busted for drink driving last week. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the court, the judge, agrees to give a 40-year suppression order to hide his identity. What's, this is ridiculous, right? If it's a if it's an average, you know, bloke, a taxpayer uh, from Western Sydney or from the suburbs of Melbourne, they don't give suppression orders. They put them through the ringer and they put them through, you know, sixty minutes and today tonight and Daily Telegraph and they make fun of them and so forth. But if it's these elites, they uh, they get off scot free. They they don't face court or they face court years and years and years down the track. It's a closed court. There's a suppression order. There's a non-publication order. No one hears about it. No one knows. I, mean, I think the public has a right to know uh, about these people. And we also have a right to know about policemen or chief inspectors who drink, drive, and smash their vehicles and then get off with a suppression order. Because, I mean, let's face it, half the punishment is the shame, the disgrace, right? You can get a fine for drink driving, but it's worse. The, the, the more, the, you know, the part of the uh, punishment process is people hearing about it. You know, oh, what an idiot. You got done drink driving. I mean, I've. Sorry, yeah. mate. These these suppression orders are. Have, you've probably noticed they're coming thick and fast now. Uh, they're just coming at us from everywhere now, where they used to be a bit of a rarity. Um, uh, and I, I believe every time now they bring out a suppression order for someone, uh, it's, it's triggering, triggering people even more. And uh, but I noticed they didn't manage to put a suppression order on um, uh, Senator Keneally's son, who was charged uh, with lying under oath. Uh, police police officer. Uh, I noticed they didn't put a suppression order on him. Why not? I, I think I think there was a talk of he attempted to try and get one. I could be wrong, but let us know if you know about that situation. Christina Keneally's son, disgraced former police officer, and we had Luke Moore on this show two weeks ago. Uh, we should have him again back to get an update on that situation because uh, he's still before the courts. And uh, what a disgrace, these disgraced police officers setting people up. It happens all the time. It's just th- this time, in this instance, uh, the victim, the civilian was lucky enough to uh, outsmart the police. That's why you should always film the cops. You should never uh, allow them to uh, put you in a situation where it's he said, she said situation. 
keep your cameras rolling, film them. Don't talk to them unless you're with a lawyer. Don't give statements unless there's a really good reason for giving one. Uh, but uh, Paul, stay on the line because uh, I like where this conversation's going. We're going to talk about uh, more of this system, this uh, very rotten, corrupt system to the core, which we're happy to expose tonight as much as we can on TNT Radio. We're back with more after this break. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there, and Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. I bet you more than fifty percent didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in in uh, Palestine. Uh, with the U.S. since since well under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God. But under Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to. Uh, that part of the world these people are, have been after israel forever and, and uh, supported by iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them not uh, you know basically uh create chaos in the middle east terrorism and and we saw what happened earlier this year about a month ago uh, the two of one attack in israel and the death and destruction rape and kidnapping more than 240 people kidnapped joe hoft on today's news talk radio tnt when I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel, ordered a coffee. But while I was pumping fuel, I started to get chest pains. Then it got worse and worse and worse. So then I was leaning on the counter thinking, yeah, something's not quite right. So then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really, really hit. And Joy just, you know, mouthed, do you need an ambulance? And I remember nodding. I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack. I just thought, something is seriously wrong with me here. So when the cardiologist came to see me, she informed me that I'd had what they call a widow-maker heart attack. Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. (laughs) Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. The conversation continues. I don't believe it, and I think that's a terrible position that I am in, that I don't trust my government. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Here we go, here we go, TNT Radio, Saturday Night Live with Aussie Kozak. With you, up until midnight Sydney time, and for another marathon episode. I love these Saturday nights. I love spending them uh, with our great audience and one of our uh, regular listeners and callers, uh, isn't aligned with me uh, right now. Uh, Paul from Mornington in Victoria. Paul, before the break, we were uh, talking about the disgraceful uh, pr- suppression order situation, which is really, really getting under the skin of many Australians. Because it's not average Aussies that get to have suppression orders. It's not the mums and dads. It's not the battlers that get to use them to hide their identities. It's the grubs and it's the elites, isn't it? It's the elites in our society. And that's why when you breach a suppression order and your name's Aussie Kozak, they smash you with a 10-month sentence. Now, that sentence that I received uh, is is the the heaviest in the whole history of the whole Australian legal system ever anyone's ever received. Uh, so, Paul from Mornington, uh, what do you think? Where do you see this going? Do you think uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you think we need to just change the government and we need to... To have a proper fair income government in power, because I don't see I don't see Liberal Labor ever changing anything when it comes to covering up each other, because they're as bad as each other. Well, uh, Simeon, that uh, that dreadful, uh, unfair 
uh, probably unlawful, who knows, 10-month sentence you were given uh, uh, was designed to shut you up. Well, it failed. It actually, uh, it actually uh, uh, made you extremely popular. So <laughs> um, I know... I know you had to suffer for 10 months, but by Jesus, it's, it's done them no favours. And as far as the government, uh, I, I, I'm very much an optimist and, and I, I am a, a, an advocate. I love the uh, Commonwealth Constitution. And, the, and I can see uh, this government uh, being removed or sacked a lot, uh, make them all reapply for their jobs and don't give them back to the bastards, I say. I mean, uh, we have to cut the cancer out, in my opinion, and uh, sack the lot and uh, stop the rot, in my opinion. Uh, Simon, what do you think? Um, am I getting a bit carried away here? Or what? No, you can you can have your say. Look, Pauline Hanson uh, uh, actually made a vote, proposed a vote of no confidence against the Albanese government uh, this week in Parliament. And, you know, full credit to her, uh, I think she did a great job. Uh, we need more of this type of banter. We need more vote of no confidence. But you know what's dangerous is that everyone's against Albo. Even the Greens now against Albo because of Palestine. But the danger is Peter Dutton. If Peter Dutton becomes the Prime Minister, if the Liberals win at the next election, I think it's going to be even worse than under Albanese when it comes to freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom in general. Dutton is like a, you know, he looks like Voldemort, but he is Voldemort when it comes to freedom. He's, he's an absolute, he's evil. He hates freedom. He hates freedom of speech. He's the author. He's the mastermind of all these uh, very, very uh, evil laws against freedom of speech, like the Identify and Disrupt Bill. It's all passed under Dutton. So, I mean, we need to get our act together. And it's a shame that uh, there's so much uh, splintering and uh, division amongst the minor parties. Because they really need to think about uh, forming a coalition because, look, you've got Liberal Labor and the Greens are there, but they're not much better. In fact, they're probably worse with all of their craziness. At least at least in defense of the Greens, they seem to be getting it right when it comes to protecting uh, civil liberties. They've got a soft spot for that. And uh, Greens leader Adam Brand, I probably disagree with him on everything, but uh, I agree with him on uh, the freedom of speech situation. At least the Greens are sticking up for that. Well, I agree, but... Um uh, all my um, sovereign law friends out there, uh, we all know that the government is in breach. We all know that when they removed the Crown Seal uh, in uh, 1989, that was the end of uh, our lawful uh, government. They are not under the Crown Seal. They are under a false uh um, identity of a, an emu and a kangaroo. Uh, our crown seal of the lion and the uh, unicorn is our true 1901 crown seal. They are all in breach of that. They are all in treason. The whole bloody lot of them. Until we go back under our constitution, we're going to be in trouble. And uh, I, I am an optimist and I believe we're heading that way. Uh, we just got to get rid of it, cut this cancer out. Uh, yeah, it's a it's You're a done. cancer. The, the, the duopoly is a cancer, and that's the cancer that's uh, retarding Australian progression, a, a society. Uh, I, I agree with you on that. Now, today, speaking of uh, freedom of speech and speaking of defending uh, those who uh, uh, reveal and expose the crimes 
of the governments. Today at uh, Albanese's office, the Prime Minister Albanese's office, supporters of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange uh, had a protest. Julian Assange's father attended, and Julian Assange's father, along with high-profile uh, supporters, including uh, TNT Radio's very own uh, David McBride, Major McBride, also a uh, fellow uh, truth of freedom fighter, uh, they turned up in a 41-degree heat uh, outside the Prime Minister's office in Marrickville to express their support and commemorate the 75th anniversary of the Declaration of Human Rights. Assange's father uh, led a group of speakers and renewed the call for his son Julian to be released from high-security prison in the United Kingdom, uh, where he is facing extradition to the United States and a potential 175 years imprisonment. Well, I can't stress enough, and we need to constantly remind each other and the general public, the broader world, the media, social media, about the plight of Julian Assange, because he's an Australian, first, first and foremost. And if we as Australians aren't fighting for him, it is actually a black mark on us as a people, as a nation, as a country, right? And it's... Absolutely, uh, absolutely massive. Who would have thought a young bloke from... Um, from Seaford, Victoria, just up the road from me, actually, called Julian Assange, would be able to change the world. And and David McBride, how brave are these guys to put their heads on the chopping block for us? I mean, it's incredible. And uh, the whole world is looking at them. And uh, I, I, I truly believe that it's only a matter of time. The, the avalanche is coming. And, uh, and uh, I believe that when Trump gets... Uh, regains power, or he's probably never lost it, really, let's, let's face it, uh, he will pardon Julian Assange. I truly believe that when he gets back in, into power. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's logical. I think the person, uh, the leader uh, who pardons Assange and gets this over and done with, he'll have a lot of support, a lot of credibility, and the people of the free world will rally behind him. I mean, who out there, let's honestly, uh, let's just... Uh, speculate who out there is against Assange anyone in the world uh, uh, maybe the CIA maybe Biden you know I think Albo is actually absolutely weak as piss and he had the opportunity to put his foot down he had the leverage you know they need Australia's support on Ukraine they need Australia's support in AUKUS you know Australia's the one writing the check and paying the money the 365 billion to AUKUS as if Albanese couldn't uh, put in as one of his uh you could say uh, prerequisites or negotiating requirements, uh, Assange's freedom. I mean, enough is enough. In fact, Greens uh, Senator David Shoebridge was uh, there addressing the crowd today, and they were taking aim at Albanese and Foreign Minister Penny Wong over the inaction uh, for Julian Assange. Again, I don't agree with the Greens on other things, but uh, I agree with the Greens when it comes to their position on freedom of speech. It's funny that. Uh, uh, you know, some things that the Greens say are correct. And we need to sort of, I think we should encourage the Greens to move away from the Labor. You know, the more the Greens move away from Labor, the better, because then they become their own party. And of course, with all the preferences of the elections, that's why Labor won, because of the Greens. So if the Greens can run their own independent sort of position, it actually benefits us, traditionally the minor parties from the right, uh, because then Labor will lose that support. 
who knows? Maybe we should uh, have a conversation with them and maybe well, they maybe. should reach out to us. We should reach out to them because who knows? Maybe we have more in common than we initially thought, uh, Paul. Well, they also use the teals to get back in as well. Um, it's very obvious. So if, I agree if we could get the greens and the teals to, to drift away, which, which I think they are drifting away. Now they've, they've sort of gotten, uh, gotten, gotten a bit of a foothold. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think... Um, well, the, the Greens always have that rebellious nature about themselves. They always have to be fighting something, whether it's the Sea Shepherd or it's Extinction or it's Mass Rebellion or BLM or Mass Extinction Rebellion or whatever the latest cause is. They've always got to be against something. That's the, They thrive on that. The student movements, the resistance movements, the socialist alliance movements, those type of things, they've always been going against something. So having them in Parliament, having them in the Senate, they'll always be... You know, in the back of their mind, they always got a chip on their shoulder. They still got that rebellious streak. And when they're up against Liberal and Labor, they're going to show their true colors, which are, you know, at heart, they're rebels. Now, uh, I know that uh, there are some people uh, in the Free Assange movement who uh, are from the uh, left, of course, and as the Free Palestine movement, they're from the left. You know, I've been in conversations with them over the last few months, and we marched uh, shoulder to shoulder for Assange at the Worldwide Freedom Rally last year with John Shipton, Assange's father, and he was fine. You had anti-vaxxers, you had uh, uh, sort of uh, more right-wing sort of people or normal people or centre people or left people, doesn't matter, and everyone was for Assange. So I think Assange is the key. Assange is the key who can unite all sides of politics in Australia, and if we can get him out of prison, we should elect him as the Prime Minister of Australia. That would be an excellent move. 100%, and I... I agree. Uh, the many freedom rallies I've been to, uh, e even when we went up to Canberra, um, the uh, the three Assange people, uh, they they didn't want to associate with us uh, freedom people. They thought we were all bloody wacky freedom fighters, anti-vaxxers, and all that. But what the, what blew my mind is they didn't they couldn't understand that. The freedom movement is 100% with Julian Assange and we should have been standing together uh, rather than... Um, well, they, the left, they actually stood back from us. We wanted to support Assange. So they should utilise They should utilize that power. And I think, I think we are actually coming together. Uh, uh, we've, we've had to go through this process. And I think, especially with the Israel thing and the Palestinian thing, I think... Uh, um, a, a lot of the left uh, need to understand that the freedom movement really are for the people and for the for the, the innocent people harmed in Palestine. Uh, that's the way I see it. I'm, well, I'm, yeah, you're 100% you're correct. There has been a trend now where the Labor Party is losing the support of the Greens. Uh, a lot of the Labor trade unionists, the hardcore lefties, they are very pro-Palestine. They have been for decades and decades. Look, let's just face it. Albo himself, there's a, there's footage floating around online uh, of Albanese, a young Albanese back in his days, uh, actually attending pro-Palestine rallies, free Palestine rallies. I think it was yeah. in the um, late 80s or the early 90s. Flip-flop Albo. Um, uh, he's, he's acting just, he's just acting like a puppet. Uh, you'll do as you, you do as you're told. Maybe, maybe that's maybe Paul. This is the key to undoing the monopoly uh, 
of the Liberal Labour duopoly, I mean, something like this would be unfathomable even to propose something, some type of an alliance with the Greens. But if we can get the minor parties in Australia, the minor parties, the freedom parties, to somehow align, yes, we might disagree on many things, right? But mm. at least if we can agree on Assange, if we can agree on the attacks on civil liberties, if we can agree on the attacks on freedom of speech, we can agree that the, uh, you know, bills like the Identify and Disrupt Bill need to be repealed, right? All of these anti-freedom of speech uh, government campaigns that they've been conducting against us. Look at the censorship, which is rife in Australia. What about the disinformation bill, which is coming up? Right? And this is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of uh, people thinking with their own minds, people talking. They hate you. They hate me. They had everyone listening and watching to this station right now. And if they had it their way, they would shut us down. They would shut us down. You know why? Because they've been shutting us down everywhere. We're going to be joined in uh, 19 minutes' time. Stay tuned uh, with Maria Z, another one of our fellow freedom fighters who has been banned, suspended, censored from all of these platforms everywhere. Uh, but uh, Paul from Mornington and anyone else who wants to bring up and have their say, we've got about 19 minutes left before we uh, uh, cross over to Maria Z. Uh, so 1-800-670-310 is the open line number. You're listening to Saturday Night Live with Aussie Kozak on TNT Radio. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. They say that everybody has a podcast these days, and I recently found out that Roseanne Barr has one, so I guess it's true. Now, I soured on Roseanne when she did this at a Padres game back in 1990. Well, here she is 33 years later on a podcast, hers with none other than Tucker Carlson. Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to the Roseanne Barr Podcast. I got a good one today. I got the guest of all guests. How do you feel about Trump saying he would consider you for vice oh, president? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I put that in the category of asteroids striking the earth. <laughs> good or bad, uh, it's so far out the side, outside of my control that I, you know, would I mean, you, I'm flattered. Yeah, it is flattering, isn't it? For sure, but I mean, it's hard to, you know, I've never been in politics, I've never. Would you ever do it? Would I accept? Yeah, if you really have to ask think you. About that. Um, I mean, I spent my whole life looking at politicians and commenting on them and passing judgment on them, and I've never run for, you know, room mother, and so the idea of that is so far from anything I've ever done. It's kind of hard even to imagine. I didn't hear the word no. <laughs> Did you? Thanks, Roseanne. And thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. Prescription drug pricing points to corporate mountains. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. It's about your right to be informed. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. And your right to know about the world around us. We must protect our right to know, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Before it's too late, understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Discussing pressing issues. The Aussie Cossack on today's News Talk Radio. TNT.
Welcome back to Saturday Night Live with the Aussie Cossack. Uh, there is uh, plenty of action in the comments section, and you could be commenting on one of many various platforms. But we'll give a quick shout out to some of our commentators. Joining us online, Shane O'Brien uh, is very upset about what they've done to Julian. Derp D Derp. Uh, big shout out to him. Elaine Duncan says, Free Julian Assange is a hero. Uh, Trixie Andrews uh, says, No matter what, he'll still think for himself. Great that we that we have a excellent, vibrant community of people who are free thinkers, and notwithstanding all of the attempts of the government, the mainstream media, the police, the, the intelligence agencies to shut us down and shut down dissent, it is a uh, absolutely you know it's 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 a good thing. It's very you could say. Uh, inspiring that we're still fighting. Uh, look, we're on the TNT live stream now on YouTube. Uh, we've got a comment in the comment section saying only 80 people are watching. Well, you know why? Because we've all been banned everywhere. You know, back in the days, we would have 8,000, 10,000, 9,000, 5,000, 7,000 people watching. Tomorrow we'll get to those days and we just need to keep fighting. Uh, the people are out there. Spread the word that TNT radio is now uh, on the vision. It's on, uh, basically, it's a TV uh, situation and uh, share the links. Share the links to your social media. Spread the news uh, because we need this station. We need this outlet. If the government has its way with the disinformation bill, they'll shut down dissent as much as possible. And then maybe we'll have to just start broadcasting TNT radio via the shortwave uh, back in the day, the pirate radio uh, days. It's very hard to get on the radio waves. You look at the garbage now on the mainstream radio stations, people have just turned off, just like they're turning off from the mainstream TV stations. Uh, people have lost trust to the mainstream news completely, and more Australians get their news from independent media sources uh, than ever before in history. Uh, coming back to that story uh, outside Anthony Albanese's office today with this protest for Julian Assange attended by uh, David McBride, Major McBride, and uh, John Shipton, the father of Assange. Uh, I want to say that uh, Senator... David Shubridge from the Greens. I'm being very sympathetic, aren't I, tonight to the Greens? Hopefully no one uh, takes offence to that. Uh, but he uh, he quote says, I will continue to press the likes of Penny Wong to actually show some backbone and stop saying that this is all just a matter for the courts and that she can't intervene. She's never said that in relation to freeing Australians from China, Iran or Russia. It's just that when it's one of the great and powerful allies of Australia that this government surrenders its will. Again, I've got to agree with the Greens here. You know, the Australian government is brave when it comes to criticizing China, criticizing Russia, criticizing Iran for alleged uh, human rights violations or imprisoning journalists. And when the Australian government itself, what do they do? Look how they attack us. Look how they attack your favorite independent journalists. And we'll be joined by one of them coming up uh, shortly. Her name is Maria Z. You are very well aware of her character. If you're watching this show, you would have known her. And she goes back in the days, the early days of the lockdowns, just like Lachlan Kavanagh. So it's a bit of a reunion tonight, a reunion, a blast from the past. Some of our old friends from the beginning days uh, when the freedom movement was kicking off. And it's still out there. It's alive. Uh, alive. It's, it's working. I mean, all those people, those hundreds of thousands of people that uh, converged on Canberra, which, in my opinion, ultimately caused the lockdowns and the government uh, restrictions to be lifted when they just knew that there were too many uh, people converging on Canberra. They did play a role. You can pat yourself on the back if you were flying a red ensign 
or if you were flying a Eureka flag or an Australian flag for that matter, uh, or holding a sign or chanting or protesting for your freedoms, because it's thanks to the protesters, thanks to those people that put their necks out, stuck, put their neck on the chopping block, right? Well, being attacked by police, literally with uh, uh, sound acoustic uh, LRAD, LRAD weapons. Uh, what a disgrace. Where's the apology? Will we ever see an apology? 1-800-670-310. Do you think the government will ever turn around and say sorry? Well, they say sorry for Reconciliation Day. They say sorry to, uh, you know, the battered chooks or the uh, the uh, dolphins or the tuna or the uh, marsupials or whoever else. How about saying sorry to uh, normal average Australians who all they wanted was to be able to go uh, to their friends' houses or weddings or funerals or church or work? For that matter, people just wanted to work. People couldn't work. We'd love to see the government admit fault, admit guilt, and go through and have a look at what it what it's done and how it caused everyday Aussies uh, to rise to the occasion and then to become targets of police harassment. Paul from Mornington uh, is with us. Paul, what do you think? Do you think the government will actually one day uh, turn around and admit fault or uh, unlikely uh, whilst Liberal and Labor in power? Uh, they will have no choice eventually. Uh, uh, an avalanche of proof will uh, smash them right between the teeth. Can I just say the microwave attack in Canberra was horrendous. I was severely, severely burnt amongst women and children. And my, and my dog Bingo was uh, bleeding from the mouth. It was a full-on energy weapons attack. And, and I strongly believe they will be held accountable. Uh, can I also, uh, I'm really looking forward to listening to Maria. She's fantastic and she's a real truth teller. And uh, she dropped into, I met her the other day, which was really cool because we were at Forest of the Fallen in Rosebud down here on the peninsula. And she just dropped in and came over and said g'day. And that was really good. And can I, would it be okay if I give a call out for the next Forest of the Fallen? Absolutely. When is the next Forest of the Fallen? Tell us, Paul. Okay, tomorrow in my, in my hometown, Mornington, uh, at Mornington Park, ten, from 10.30am. Uh, uh, the more people that turn up, it's just fantastic. Well, actually, it's very interesting. The clientele is changing now. Uh, uh, I just stand back and because it's a, a place of peace and respect and there's no nonsense. And uh, the people who are turning up now are actually uh, normies that are asking a lot of questions and a lot of them are asking questions for example uh my daughter has just um uh, been diagnosed with brain tumors and brain and and clotting and etc etc we all know that what's going on uh, and that's the clientele now that's the people who are coming to the forest of the fallens whereas before they give us a detour now those injured people are coming to forest of the fallen and having very gentle chats with us. We're not there to push any ideas or anything. We're, we're somewhere for people to come. So come to Mornington tomorrow, guys, 10.30 a.m., Mornington Park. Thank you, Ozzy. Well, look, I think, I think Paul, it's a, a good concept. It's a it's a shocking, of course, sight when you see these forests of the fallen, essentially, that's uh, printed out, laminated uh, A4 uh, dossiers or reports with photos of people and details and names of people who had been uh, killed or injured uh, by the government in the last few years from 
that which shall go unnamed because we are broadcasting live on YouTube also. So we have to be very careful. Unfortunately, we can't still talk about this openly. It's very frustrating. But uh, that 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 type of action uh, on the ground activism, uh, very welcomed. And thanks to all the heroes, all the local heroes who are involved in these type of events, uh, more than happy to uh, advertise uh, that event in Mornington tomorrow. And it's, look, I'm not, I'm not surprised that uh, many normies, many people who are actually vaxxed are actually now coming around and attending these events. And we have no animosity at all. We don't blame anyone because it's, it's, it's a matter of a lot of people just wanted to do the right thing. And it breaks my heart, of course, when you see a lot of these good Australians who were caught up in all of the government uh, propaganda and they just followed instructions. These are good people, good people with no criminal records, with no issues or any pr previous uh, uh, negativity at all, and they were just following instructions. We're all coming so, together. We're coming together, Simeon, and uh, the government are in panic stations as far as I'm concerned. We the people are coming together. Yeah, the people are coming together. It's a beautiful thing. And I think what is it, only 5% or something uh, now are actually fully jabbed at the moment, 5%. So we are the 95%, as uh, as we always said we were. And look, it's, it's got to end somewhere. And I can't wait for that day because we did it tough. You did it tough. I did it tough. Thousands of us did it tough. The people listening did it tough. The people in the comments section, Trixie, Shane, uh, Elaine Duncan, and many others listening tonight, uh, we were all doing it tough while some people were, uh, do you remember those, you know, uh, sheep that were saying to us, you deserve to die. Remember those type of people, those Karens, you know, looking at you with disdain and saying, literally, you deserve to die because we refuse to get it or we refuse to wear a mask or whatnot, right? And things are changing now. Things are changing. You know, how many of us were cancelled on social media? It's That is the modern-day book burning. Uh, but, look, we've got only a few minutes before the news. Paul, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We've got a few more calls on the line, 1-800-670-310. Uh, we'll take as many calls as possible. We've got an international caller uh, tonight. We've got uh, from all the way from Canada, uh, Ontario. Welcome to TNT Radio Canada. This is how are you today, Ozzy oh, Kozak? Great to uh, hear your uh, excellent uh, Russian there. Здравствуйте. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm calling in today. I've been a follower uh, of your show. I've even ordered from your store um, uh, for a few months now. Uh, my fiancé lives in Moscow. I live in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. I'm a minor. Uh, we've had enough of the lockdowns of the WEF agenda. We want freedom, and we do not want um, to continuously harass the Russian Federation in Canada uh, with tanks and uh, supplies sent to Ukraine. We have Ukrainians here uh, that also feel the same way. Um, this situation that's evolved between uh, the West and Russia is, is deplorable. Um, we've had enough. And we are fighting back. And I just wanted to, to just call you and just give you some support for what you're doing. You've been held up in the consulate for almost a year now. Um, you're a very brave person, Simon. And uh, I appreciate the work that you've put in 
to spreading the truth. Thank you. Look, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to receive uh, a phone call on the air tonight from Canada. Uh, you must have figured out how to call one eight hundred six seven zero three one zero with a uh, international yeah, I calling to, code. I had to spend um, uh, five dollars to make this call, so so it's it's five dollars well spent. And I just want because <laughs> uh, I have friends in the mining industry that are also Australian. Uh, they they are on your side. Um, we are all on your side. We don't want uh, a protracted war with Russia. We also do not want a protracted war with China. Uh, even though China is a little bit ambiguous sometimes, uh, I think they have our back. Um, well, I think China really, just want to get on with their own business and, you know, harassing Chinese uh, Chinese interests in the South China Sea or the uh, uh, Southeast China Sea, you know, like we saw two weeks ago in the Australian destroyer uh, loitering in the area. I mean, in those situations, I'm on China's side. Our, our ships... Canada ships, United States Navy, uh, the Royal Australian Navy should not be lurking and patrolling off China's coast. That's just asking for trouble. We can't pretend to be the victim no, exactly. if we're poking them in the nose, can we? Uh, no, exactly. And and I mean, you, you know, if you poke the bear, uh, you're going to get swapped. I mean, uh, that's just the way it goes. Like my family uh, is from Crimea, Russia. Uh, we were Prussian, Russian uh, farmers. Uh, unfortunately, because of the revolution, uh, my, grand, my, my grandfather was uh, one of Stalin's drivers. Uh, mm. He had a fight with Stalin over a couple of issues, and he had to leave Russia. Uh, but when he came here, he didn't sit here and, and bash the USSR. Like he, he just lived out his life. You know, he, um, he, he respected Stalin. And, uh, well, he's very, know, he's he very lucky if he, was a dri- if he was Stalin's driver had an argument with Stalin, and he managed to leave the country. He's extremely lucky uh, to be able to do so. Uh, but look, it's a very interesting uh, family history you've got there. You mentioned that you've ordered from the AussieCosac.shop store. Thank you very much. You can order uh, from that store. And uh, don't forget to order from the TNTRadio.live if you want a mug or a scarf or a, a sock, pair of socks. In fact, you, you buy one sock, you get another one free, I'm told, on TNTRadio.live. But if you want some you know, pro-Russian paraphernalia, shirts flags and that that kind of stuff aussiecosac.shop is the place to go uh it's a pleasure to receive this phone call from canada and just goes to show that there are many of us all around the world freedom fighters who think the same way uh, and you mentioned that uh, even the ukrainians in canada we know there are a lot of ukrainians in canada you're saying that they also are now uh coming around are they in regards to the conflict yeah, they are because uh, after the uh, incident in our parliament with the uh, the the Nazi that was honored, uh, people are disgusted. Uh, they're really disgusted. the The Bandera, unfortunately, have a lot of power in Canada, but their power is weaning because the Ukrainians that came uh, as refugees uh, to Canada, um, they've been living out their life in peace. They do not wish to fight Russia. They also do not wish to fight for, for Ukraine. Um, and they are here as uh, as refugees because they are trying to escape the war. And um, they're disgusted that their countrymen and Russians are dying. And they didn't want any of this. Well, there you go. Shout it, out to uh, all the uh, good Ukrainians uh, in Canada, all around the world and in Australia. I've said it many times. I'll say it again. The only country that will actually help Ukraine at the end of the day, when the dust settles, is actually Russia. United States, European Union, Germany, 
NATO, they don't care about Ukraine. They're using Ukraine as a proxy army. They don't care how many Ukrainians die. But stay tuned. After the news coming right up, we're going to be joined by the one and only Maria Z. We're going to be dropping some truth bombs about New Zealand. Uh, get ready, put your seatbelts on, and stay with us on Team T Radio after the news.